0: Mr. and Ms. America, this is Dr. S. The Legend. This is Dr. S. The Legend. This is uh, part two on the Kennedy assassination. Got some more information, and we're going to focus this time on Oswald's rifles. Now, last time we said that Oswald had to be extremely lucky to use the rifle in question to kill John Kennedy. Now, I'm going to revise my analysis, and I'm going to say that it's my belief that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald is the lone assassin. I think it was almost impossible for him to shoot and kill John Kennedy. And the reason for that is that he had to go from training in the Marines with an M1 semi-automatic rifle that, that did not have a scope. And a number of years pass which we'll discuss later and go to a bolt action rifle with a scope and be accurate again I think it's almost impossible and I will explain this in depth now Oswald trained in the marines with an m1 rifle so I highly suggest after I go through my analysis which I'm going to discuss the operation of rifles, that if you want further information and you want to see the real deal, simply put in your uh, search engine, M1 Rifle YouTube, and there are a number of good videos on what the M1 rifle looks like and how it operates. So you'll get a great picture of how it works. Also, his other rifle, which was a Mannlicher Carcano 6.5. Again, you put that in your search engine through YouTube. And the first one that came up was an exact duplicate of the rifle that Oswald used. In particular, the scope that was on the rifle on the YouTube was the same scope that came in the same box as the scope that was used on Oswald's Manlicher Carcano 6.5. The problem in the literature, in the analysis, in the Warren Commission, and in, in others who analyze the situation, is they keep repeating the fact, oh, well, Oswald was a sharpshooter. And they don't quite know what that meant. And I want to explain what that meant. But the point is, just because you were a sharpshooter with one rifle doesn't necessarily mean that if you're given a different type of rifle, you'll have any ability at all whatsoever. Let me give you a number of examples, personal examples. The first one comes from my father. Now, my father was a weapons instructor during World War II, Fort Myer, Arlington. He taught at the military police school. Even though the school was moved, he later stayed there and continued to teach weapons for three years, teaching military police. Mom and dad lived on the base. Mom worked for the War Department in Washington, D.C., and she related the stories to me that my father was regarded as the professor in that he was highly skilled in what he did. And when my mom was on base, the soldiers would actually salute her, which, of course, this is against military regulations because she was a civilian, but they sal- saluted her anyway uh, because they would say that she was the professor's wife. And I have a, a lot of this information contained on diaries that my father kept. And my father related numerous stories to me about his experience as a weapons instructor in on uh, in Fort Myer. Now, he trained soldiers as I mentioned, for at least three years, he trained him with the M1 rifle, the M1 carbine, which is a shorter version of the M1 rifle, the Forty five Colt automatic pistol, and the Thompson submachine gun. Both the pistol and the submachine gun were in forty five caliber. The last two were his specialties, although he was proficient in all the weapons that I've mentioned, and that he trained his students with these weapons. Now, here begins the story. There was a trial that was taking place in Washington, D.C., which involved uh, what were called uh, saboteurs. These were German agents who came to the United States for the purpose of blowing things up. They were caught. They were put on trial. So, my father's commanding officer was given the job of securing the area around the federal courthouse in Washington, so he showed up with an M4 Sherman tank. Now this is a little overkill, uh, bringing a tank into the the heart of Washington D.C. But in any case, he then instructed my father, who was there with him, uh, to mount the tank and guard the fifty caliber machine gun, which is uh, on top of the M4 Sherman tank. I'll also mention the fact that the 50 caliber machine gun is still used today by the military. My father relates the story that, and and, and this weapon was armed, and his commanding officer gave him this job because he was the weapons instructor, assuming that, uh, you know, he could operate any weapon. And my father related to us the fact that he had never used a 50 caliber machine gun, and he didn't know exactly how to use it, because he never was instructed, and they didn't have it in their, uh, in their armory, and uh, it was fully loaded. And, uh, he was a little worried that if he had to use it, he may not be able to use it. Uh, in any case, he didn't have to use it, because it was, uh, as I mentioned before, it was overkill, it was in downtown Washington, D.C., and there was really no threat. On the other hand, with the the weapons that my father was familiar with, he could assemble and disassemble all the weapons blindfolded, but the uh, machine gun on top of the, the tank uh, actually made him nervous. So there's a perfect example. What I'm trying to say is because you're proficient, and in the case of my father, super highly proficient, in certain weapons, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be proficient in a weapon you've never used before. I'm also going to relate to my own personal experience. I have used through the years, not lately, but for a good number of years, at least for 15 years, I was familiar with and used uh, the M1 rifle, the civilian version of the M14, which I think they call the M1A1, and two rifles put out by a manufacturer called Ruger, the Mini-14 and the Mini-30. You can find all these weapons on YouTube. All of them have an operating mechanism called a Garand mechanism. Mr. Garand was a French-Canadian, and he designed the mechanism as to how these weapons operate. I always felt highly proficient in these weapons because I used them for a long time on target practice uh, at a gun club for many years. And these are the same weapons that Oswald was trained with in the Marines. Specifically, actually, he was only trained with one weapon uh, called the M1 rifle, which, again, has a Garand mechanism. I probably shot thousands and thousands of rounds uh, with the weapons I've mentioned, all Garands, stationary targets at a gunk club in Pennsylvania. A couple of times, people I were with uh, had... uh, bolt action rifles that they allowed me to try. I had no experience using a bolt action rifle and I had great difficulty with the bolt because every time you press the trigger you then have to manipulate the bolt and of course then you have to re-sight in the weapon. I'm going to repeat this a number of times and it took me a long time between shots. I wasn't very accurate I felt clumsy and awkward even though I was highly proficient with the other weapons. So if you're not accustomed to a certain type of weapon you're going to have a problem. Oswald allegedly used to kill the president, had a scope on it, the Mannlicher Carcano 6.5 and if you'd watch the YouTube uh, the scope is not mounted on the top of the rifle, it's mounted on the side of the rifle which is really strange so that if you're using the sight. You're going to be off several inches if there's no wind at all because the scope is not exactly on top of the rifle barrel. It's on the side of it, and and there was a big question in terms of Oswald using this rifle, whether or not he actually used the scope, and whether or not he just simply used what are called the iron sights uh, that come with the rifle. There's a sight in the it, towards the shooter and a sight at the end of the barrel. You know, we don't know uh, what Oswald did. And if you look at the YouTube on the, uh, the rifle is similar to the one that Oswald was alleged to have used. The person using it shows you that it's, it's, uh, that the scope is, is not a very good scope. If you look, try to look down the scope, it's somewhat cloudy. This was sort of the uh, early stages of rifle scopes. Today, they're much more advanced, they're much more accurate. The optics are great. But back in 1963, they would have been rudimentary in terms of their operation. And now for a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Rossi Shoe Service. Family owned and operated since 1904, Rossi's is a staple of the main line, delivering the finest shoe and leather repair for over a century. We are open daily at our location at 116 Cricket Avenue in Ardmore, Pennsylvania or visit us anytime online at rossyshoerepair.com. Now, back to the show. Now, let me go into Oswald's marine experience. Again, he was tested with an M1 rifle. Oswald, this was basic training. They test you. I don't know how many times he practiced, uh, but it couldn't have been too many times. Now, he was tested from the record December 21st, 1956, and he was ranked as a sharpshooter. Now, a sharpshooter, and he got a score of 212, but sharpshooter is a range of 210 to 219, so he, he, he barely qualified as a sharpshooter. And by the way, sharpshooter is three levels and sharpshooter is not the highest level, that's the medium level. The highest level is called expert, and that's with a score between 220 and 250. So you continually hear in the Warren Commission and elsewhere, Oswald was a sharpshooter, he was a sharpshooter, endlessly, like that word is supposed to mean something. And again, he was trained with an M1 rifle with a Garand mechanism at they, don't, they didn't train then with scopes. Uh, they wouldn't have used scopes since this was basic training. And once Oswald was done basic training, he was classified as a radio operator and a radar operator and not infantry, which meant that he really didn't have to have any long term proficiency in testing with the use of a rifle since he was not m- infantry. Had he been infantry, They would have tested him more often. Now, Oswald was then tested a second time in May of 1959. So in all his entire experience in the Marines, he was tested and qualified only two times. Second time he was tested, he got a score of 191. This was the lowest of the qualification categories, called the marksman. So the lowest is marksman, then comes Sharpshooter, then comes Expert. And Marksman scores go between 190 and 209. So Oswald got a barely passed with a 191. So he did worse, significantly worse, from 1956 to 1959. He barely qualified. So far as we know, for May of 59... To November of 63, which is 400 year, four and a half years later, Oswald never used a rifle or trained with a rifle, whether it was a any kind of rifle. There's no evidence. Now, Oswald was discharged from the Marines on September 4th, 1959. He was assigned to the Reserves until September 13th, 1960, where he received a discharge called Undesirable because he had made his intention uh, to leave the United States, to give up his citizenship, and to defect to the Soviet Union. He he never actually gave up his citizenship, but he did get, go to the Soviet Union. So I want to make it clear that he only used the M1 rifle two times, one in 1956 to qualify, and one a time in 1959 where he got a much lower score. And make it absolutely clear that this is the... The Marines at that time, between 56 and 59, only used the M1 rifle without scopes. Some might ask, well, what about the fact that the Marines then upgraded to a rifle called the M14? Well, the M14 was not utilized by the Marines until late 1961, and Oswald was out of the Marines by then. So there's no evidence that he used in the Marines any other kind of rifle. So basically, let's go to the uh, issue of the possibility of Oswald being the assassin. Could he have assassinated John Kennedy, who was a moving target? Oswald never trained with, with a moving target. He only trained with a stationary target. Let me talk about moving targets versus stationary targets. A study was made after World War II in terms of, and, and by the way, all our soldiers were trained on stationary targets. A study was conducted after World War II, and it indicated only 1% of the soldiers in combat were doing all the killing. So the military readjusted, eventually, prior to Vietnam, and started training their soldiers that were sent to Vietnam. And of course, this was way after Oswald was out of the Marines, and started training them with moving targets. And they went up from 1% to 40%. So there's a big difference between having experience on a stationary target and a moving target. And then there's the question of the quality of Oswald's rifle, which we'll go into later. Now, the distance from Oswald's supposed location on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository and Kennedy's car was never more than 90 yards during the shooting. However, this doesn't mean this was an easy shot. Number one, the president's limousine was moving away from the alleged gunman's location. You got a moving target moving away from you. It's somewhat easier to shoot in a moving target that's moving from left to right. but a moving, a moving target that's moving away is much more difficult. In addition, the limousine at various times was obscured by an oak tree. Furthermore, all the shots in question, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, had to be done in less than, in, in a little more than eight seconds. And Oswald's rifle, the Mannlicher Carcano, which is of course really known as the Carcano, the vintage World War II rifle. The rifle in question was awkward to used and unpredictable. And I've gone through Oswald's Marine experience. I just want to reiterate it again. The best score you can get is an expert, from 220 to 250. Next comes the sharpshooter, 210 to 219, and Oswald got a 212. And then the lowest grade is Marksman, 190 to 209. And the second time he qualified, he he barely got more than a 190. So his shooting skill deteriorated. And one can only posit that four and a half years later, his shooting skill would have deteriorated even further. And now for a quick word from our sponsor, Classic Coco. Shop sustainably with Classic Coco, authentic Chanel vintage accessories. All of their products are guaranteed authentic or your money back. Give a loved one the joy of vintage with Classic Coco. Use code THELEGEND for 10% off at classiccoco.com. Now back to the show. Now, while he was in the Marines, he used two M1 rifles. The Marines use good rifles. They're not going to give their trainees rifles in question. I know my father uh, spent a lot of time telling me about this, that he had to maintain his weapons for his students. He didn't want to have any accidents, so you had to have high-quality weapons. So the weapons that Oswald used were high-quality. Now, the mannlicher Carcano rifle that was discovered... On the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository Was a cheap quoting Cheap old weapon Quote, unquote This is a quote from the Warren Commission Volume 4, page 29 It was examined by the FBI's firearm specialist Who stated that Quote, every time we change the adjusting screws To move the crosshairs in the telescope site In any direction It also affected the movement of the impact or the point of impact, in other, in another direction. We fired several shots and found that the shots were not all landing in the same place, but were gradually moving away from the point of impact. End quote. That's from the Warren Commission, Volume 3, page 405. Ronald Simons of the U.S. Army also examined the rifle and found problems with the bolt and the trigger mechanism of rifle of Oswald's rifle. Then the big question is Did Oswald ever practice with the rifle in question, the Manliker Carcano? Sergeant James Zahm, an expert shooter, considered that a rifle with a telescope sight, such as the Manliker Carcano, needed to be sighted in by firing the rifle about 10 times without ammunition shortly before firing it with live ammunition. That's a quote from the Warren Commission hearings, volume 11, page 308. I've got experience with scopes. You have to sight them in. You have to use the weapon numerous times to get the sighting in of the scope because every scope is different. It comes out of the box in in, in one condition, and you have to mount it on the rifle, and then you have to test it. And the question is, does Oswald ever do any of that? Ronald Simmons also pointed out the necessity... Of recent practice, quoting him, with this rifle, the rifle discovered on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository, I think also considerable experience with the weapon because of the amount of effort required to work the bolt. Quoting the Warren Commission hearings, Volume 3, page 449. Now it's interesting that Oswald's Russian born wife was questioned a number of times by the FBI. They asked her, did you ever see Lee Harvey Oswald uh, train with that Carcano rifle? Her initial examinations said that she never saw him. And then, of course, the FBI continued to uh, question her. I don't know why. And uh, then she testified that she wasn't sure. So maybe they were manipulating the situation. And again, was Oswald a good shot? The Maliger Carcano rifle found on the sixth floor of the Tex- Texas School Book Depository was in an unsatisfactory condition, with an inaccurate telescopic sight and an unpredictable trigger mechanism to fire the rifle accurately. It was necessary to practice intensely. There's no credible evidence that Lee Harvey Oswald had fired a rifle of any sort for four and a half years before the Kennedy assassination. Even after correcting some of the 6 Floor Rifle's mechanical problems and in conditions substantially easier than those that would have been faced by a hypothetical lone gunman, expert riflemen from the Army and the FBI were unable to fire the rifle as accurately as Oswald was supposed to have done during the assassination. This is from the Warren Commission. Even at its best... Oswald had never been a, as good a shot as the experts from the Army and the FBI. Oswald's most recent test score in the Marines was barely above the minimum qualifying level. He was officially a rather poor shot. This is a quote from the Warren Commission, volume 19, page 18 in 1959. And was hardly likely to have improved over the next four years. So he got worse between the two times he was tested in 56 and 59. No evidence that he ever practiced until November 1963. Now I've gone through all this information presented by the Warren Commission saying that, you know, a bad rifle, a bad shooter, and then they concluded that Oswald killed the president. That makes no sense. They've taken all this testimony and the Warren Commission never came up with a motive. In fact, I've mentioned before, there's never been a motive, that a reasonable motive that anyone's come up with. Now, why would they have all this negative information in the Warren Commission about Oswald's lack of shooting ability, the poor condition of the rifle, and then conclude that Oswald was the assassin? Well, maybe Alan Dulles, who we mentioned previously, was the possible leader of any conspiracy uh, who was on the Warren Commission, maybe he had some role in this. I'm just uh, saying that a possibility The case against Lee Harvey Oswald as a lone assassinating President Kennedy it Required that Oswald be able to perform A feat of marksmanship That was far from straightforward Although the distance from Oswald's supposed location To Kennedy's car was never more than 90 yards During the shooting Several factors increased the difficulty of the act Number one The presidential limousine Was moving away from the gunman's location So this makes it A much more difficult shot and the limo, for a period of time, was obscured for some time by an oak tree. And then all the shots had to have been fired within a very short space of time, a little more than eight seconds. And most importantly, the only rifle that could have been used was awkward, unpredictable. The scope was mounted on the side. It was a poor scope. The trigger mechanism on the rifle uh, wasn't. There was problems with the trigger mechanism. And so I've come to the conclusion that it's almost impossible for Oswald using that rifle to have assassinated the president. And again, no motive. And why, if Oswald did kill the president, why would he leave his rifle and three rifle cartridges on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository? There's no evidence whatsoever that Oswald was on the sixth floor. There's no evidence whatsoever that anyone saw Oswald uh, kill the president. And obviously he would make the perfect patsy because the rifle belonged to him, number one, and he was an employee uh, of the uh, school book depository and he had a checkered past. He would have made the perfect patsy. In any case, there's no evidence no ballistic evidence, credible evidence that the, uh, the rifle was actually used in the assassination of the president and the wounding of Governor Connolly. This is Dr. S. The Legend signing off. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Conversations with Dr. S. Thank you to our sponsor, Classic Coco. Contact Dr. S. through his email, drsthelegend at gmail.com. If you get the chance this week, please leave us a five-star review anywhere you listen to your podcasts.